so it was really great coming back. Um, uh, so I think we were here Father's Day, either I think 2016, 2017, I think. And then I got the pocket knife on a pannier. So I, I have that, and I use it in France. <laughs> so I'll be using your socks also. <laughs> so it's been really great. Um, I'm going to read John chapter 6, verse 1 through 15. Jesus feeds the 5,000. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. When Jesus went up on a mountainside and salt and sat down with his disciples, the Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would, be, it would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another, another one of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus had the power. Jesus Jesus said, have the, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed it to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that have left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Now, I just want to say that it's like, again, it's, it's Amazing to be back here at Restoration. Before I um, give this message, Timmy, can I pray? Jesus, thank you so much for your blessing. Lord, uh, you are an amazing God, and we love you. Uh, please uh, help, help, us, help me to speak your words and help me to speak clearly. And Lord, help the congregation here. And thank you for everything. In Christ I pray. Amen. Now, as you read this, Feeding of the 5,000 is a classic because in every Sunday school, you learn it. Probably every year, you learn it. <laughs> but unique thing about this verse in John is that here it mentions the little boy who gives the bread and the fish. Other passages, Matthew, Luke, and Mark, they don't mention a boy, but this is the only place they mention him. But another interesting about this is location. Location, location, location. Now, what's with location? Well, so Jesus' 
fed the 5,000 in were near the Sea of Galilee and outside of Beth Bethsheba. So he did it twice. Five loaves and two fish, 12 baskets. So these numbers represent something to the Jewish people. 12 tribe, 12 tribes of Israel. And then the other the feeding was 4,000. Now, Jesus went to the, where borders are Decapolis, which is a Gentile city. And there he, he fed the 4,000. So he was ministering to the Jewish people, and then he was also ministering to the Gentiles. So here you can see that he was representing that he's going to be a savior to the Jews and the Gentiles. So those are the concepts here. Location. Location. And, and God's timing. So how does that relate to us? Well, as Kathy shared, we went to Avignon in 2017. And in that year, it was, it was very hard. Very hard for our kids and for a lot of things. But the church there blessed us so much. They gave us furniture. They provided food. They were so welcoming. And, it, and then also they realized our kids were having a hard time. They blessed us. They said, you know, our church is a great place for you guys to land and to learn. Now we're going to send you to Lyon, and you'll be a blessing there. And it was amazing how God blessed our situation. But, but at this time, I want to share about someone that I know. Around 2016, there was a man named Hossein. He was, he's, he's from Iran, and he met somebody who, who was in a different religion. He was a Muslim, not a practicing Muslim, but he was a Muslim. So he met with someone who, in Iran, and, and then he, his business partner found out who he met, and he reported him. So he, was arrested in Iran because he met with someone who was not a Muslim, and that caused him to be blacklisted. Blacklisted means that your life is over. You can't do anything. So he gathered enough money, about 20,000 euros, and he hired a smuggler, and then he wanted to go to Denmark, so he said, well, he has a wife and a child, but they couldn't go because they didn't have enough money. So he decided to leave, and he'll bring them when he gets residency. So the smuggler took him to France and then to Denmark. So when you land in Europe, you have to get fingerprinted. So he got fingerprinted in France. And I'll explain what all these things mean. And then he went to Denmark. In Denmark, he, he ended up, he sought asylum there, and then the he wasn't a Christian, he was a, not a practicing Muslim, but he settled in a refugee camp. In this camp, he was there, and he spoke English very well. And one church went to the camp and said, well, we're going to start a Bible study. Can you point to someone who could help us translate to English to Persian? And then they all nominated Hossein. 
And Hossein started translating the Bible studies. Translating, translating for a couple months. And then from there, God opened his eyes and he accepted Christ. It's an amazing story, but that's what happened. And I'd like to share that video of Hossein. This is, this is his own words. Uh, I became a Christian 8th of June 2017. And then how you became a Christian? Uh, you know, I was in Denmark. At that time, I had a problem in my country, and I most uh, le uh, left my country, and I came to the Denmark. After that, uh, I had uh, many friends. They was a Christian, and they looking for the, some church with translator in Persian. And because my family they was in Denmark, I can. Uh, they helped me to find some church with translator and I bring them to the, that uh, church and if I arrived it was a good Friday and <clears throat> the pastor from that church she gave, she gave me one Bible and after we come back to the our camp uh, I was I start to reading but I don't like it so, I, because I start from uh, Old Testament and it was very heavy for me. I said, oh, I cannot understand nothing. About two months, I keep that book in the, my cupboard. And after that, uh, I interesting to follow. And I say, because I saw them, they are very kind. They are different from another person. And I will uh, continue to read the Bible. And I ask from them how I can read this book. And they help me to, you can start from the New Testament and from Gospel. And I start to read, and I was very interesting for that. And after, uh, uh, very soon before them, I had a baptized in Denmark, and I became a Christian. So, in 2017, he became a Christian, and then right after he got baptized, he got deported to France. What that means is. The country you get fingerprinted, that's a country you have to seek asylum. So in Denmark, they said, no, you have to go to France. So they sent him to France, and in 2017, he landed in Lyon. And at that time, we went to France in Avignon. And, and I like to talk about something else is that when Hossein went to Lyon, he became an instrumental person to Persian ministry. He went out and talked to all the Persians he could find, helped them with his paperwork, the refugee status, and he helped and helped and helped. So him and, uh, him and he partnered with the Anglican Church, Pastor Ben, and they worked so much to help other Persians. So next thing I want to talk about is... Uh, John 6, 5. Okay, I'm going to read that. John 6, 5 says this. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Now, Jesus had compassion for the people, and he was concerned. But he knew their needs were. 
food. So for us, when, we, when we were going to France, I had no idea what I was going to do. I was going to partner with a church in Avignon. That's all I knew. But God had a plan. His plan was that I was going to be in Lyon serving, serving him, and he's preparing the way. So what did I do in Lyon? Well, Kathy kind of shared it with me. I worked with the Persians. There were about 20 to 30 people, and we discipled, had Bible study every week, and we started our first Persian worship service at the Anglican Church. It was an amazing experience to see Christ working in their lives. Second, I work as a youth director at the Anglican Church. Now, as a youth director, it was exciting, but at the same time, it was hard. Because in Europe, after junior high school, kids don't come to church. They, parents ask, do you want to go? They're like, no. Then they're like, okay, you don't have to come. But like, you know, it's different in the United States, you know? You know, if you don't come, we're out. You better come. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's different in Europe. And then as they go to school, they learn about different things and religion Christ is not as important. And I worked as a Sunday school director, and then I developed a two-year curriculum for them. And then it was made everything online so they could get the material easily. And I also partnered with uh, uh, Secure Populaire. And what they do is um, they work with Persian minors, I mean, refugee minors. And these minors... They come from mostly from Africa, North Africa. It takes about two years to get to Europe. Where do they go? They go to Middle East, like Jordan. They work about a year, and then they make enough money to buy the ticket or boat, and they go to Europe. And I work with them. And, and, and God has been so good, and he blessed all these ministries. Can you play the second video. And this video is about us uh, when we left Lyon. Uh, Pastor Ben, he's spoke about Well, you know, you're welcome here whenever you want. And I mean, just to put it into context, Peter, in, in many ways, this hall, for me, is one of the fondest memories I have and where our journey began in many ways. So, uh, uh, Salam Dostam to our uh, Farsi friends. And um, every Thursday we would meet here for Alpha. And um, Peter would come week after week. He'd cycle in and uh, he'd come and put the chairs out. He'd, uh, Garrett and I would kind of be doing the teaching stuff. But Peter, week after week, would be here uh, with an unfulfilled role. It was unclear what he was going to be doing. But each week he'd come and serve just by putting out tables, going to make the tea, making going the coffee. And then we realized what a gifted teacher he was and how brilliant it was at pulling questions out of people. And I know that's been true for our, our young people too. And uh, Peter, Kathy, the family, you've been such a blessing to us. And for me, it's a great testimony of how God has provided for us in, uh, in difficult times. And in a sense, you've been an answer to our prayers. Thank you. So... That was in Lyon. That's my pastor, Ben. And then we partnered together. And then I'd like to go to the next verse, verse 9. Verse 9 says this. Um, Here is a boy 
with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? So there's a boy in action. Now, can you imagine Peter going up to all these people and asking, do you have food? I, I could just imagine it's going, hey, do you have any food? They're like, mm, no. <laughs> They're probably scared. But this boy, he was brave enough to say yes. I bet, I bet you the 5,000, some of them probably had food. Probably, but they weren't willing to share. But this boy was willing to share. Now, God asked of us to help, to be his instrument. In Lyon, there were, we were a group of churches that help whatever we can. So that could be a Catholic church, Protestant church, different churches come together every month and they pray. And then every month and every time there is a request of if there's a need, then, then they will send it out. They have an email group and then God answers. So it's like, it's like this. Have you seen the old version of Batman? You know, it goes, na 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 Batman. And there's a sign, you know, he puts a commissioner goer puts out the sign. So that's what they do. So they, they put out the sign, say, na 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 Jesus. And the email goes out. Someone needs a place to live for whatever reason. And then someone would reply and say, yeah, we have a place. They could stay at our house for a couple weeks, a couple months. And God answers prayers. It's amazing. But I want to share this story. And so there's this person that I know, Neda Emmanuel. Neda and Emmanuel, they were in Iran. And they were non, not a Christian. They were Muslim. Not non-practicing Muslim, but they were Muslim. So they, their aunt was sick. And then on Facebook, a lot of people contact them to encourage them. And encourage them with Christ. They were saying, we'll be praying for you. Jesus will help you, et cetera, et cetera. So they decided to go on a trip to Germany. So they went to Germany, and they met their families. And through talking and sharing with their families who were Christians, they accepted Christ. And they were so excited. And they started posting things on Facebook about how Christ has helped them in their life and what their faith means to them. And then they got another letter, an email from one of their, their family members that do not come back to Iran because whatever, what you posted, the Secret Service, they're, they're after you. When you come back, they'll arrest you, so don't come back. So they s- decided to seek asylum in Germany. Now in Germany... They went to the, uh, to the asylum place, and they applied. But they told them, uh, since you went to France first, got fingerprinted there, you need to seek asylum in France. And they said, you have one whole month to figure this out so you could go to France. But that didn't happen. Within a week, they got a knock on the door. The police came and said, we got to take you now. 
So within 30 minutes, they had to gather everything and pack. Him, Emmanuel, Neva, and their daughter, Sophia. They, they got on the car with all their luggage. They got on the plane. And then they had no idea where they were going. And they were praying, God, help us. So they landed in Lyon. And when they in Lyon, they went to the asylum place, uh, government place, and then they welcomed them and said, we're glad you're here. Uh, France is an amazing place, and you'll love it. And then they, the first thing they asked is, where can we stay? And then the, the French person said, France is so amazing. You see the, all the land out there? You can stay anywhere you want. They're like, what? <laughs> Do you have, like, housing? Well, we don't provide housing, so you have to figure that on your own. They're like, we don't know anyone here. Well, that is your problem. And then they closed the door, and they had to leave. And that day was raining. It was cold. They found a, a, a bus shelter, and they were stand, sitting inside thinking what they're going to do. How are they going to survive that night? And Emmanuel thought about, well, since my daughter is small, she's like three, three years old, maybe I could take all the bags out, all the clothes out, and put it in the suitcase while we sleep in the park so it'll be warm for her. And then Nita thought about, her mind is going, God, Jesus, what are you doing? We need you now. We gave our lives to you. We can't go back to Iran. We're stuck here. You're the God that provides. You're the God that helps us. Where are you? Where are you? Emmanuel, Nina, they start crying and praying to God. Soon a policeman walked by, and Nada and Emmanuel went up to them and says, please, can you help us? And the policeman said, well, there's all this open land here. You can stay anywhere you want. <laughs> Same story. And they were in desperate situation. But behind the scenes, there were people in Germany contacting churches in Lyon, help, asking for help. And you know what happened? Neda got a phone call and said, hello, my name is Hossein. I learned that you just arrived in France, in Lyon. I'm here to help you. What do you need? So Hossein and the Church of Anglican Church found a place to, li to li live that night. And then, they and then within a six months, they applied for asylum, and they received it. And God has been using all the people in Lyon to help people. Now, God is amazing. So just one more thing. Just one thing is, if you have desire to serve, if you want to serve people of Muslim, go to Europe. There's places you can't go, but Europe is the place to go if you want to serve Muslims. And thank you so much. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your blessing. You're the God that feeds us. You're the God who gives us all that we need. Just like the little boy, he was willing. And, Lord, with that, you fed the 5,000. Lord, help us, the Restoration Church and me, help us to be willing to do your will. Be willing to say yes to the call, whatever that is. And thank you so much. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.